Hello and welcome to our latest GCP short, but also a GCP exclusive, bringing you news of an exciting merger of independent captive consultants. Over the next 15 minutes or so, I'll be joined by Oliver Schofield, managing partner at Risks, and Malcolm Cutts-Watson, founder and executive chairman at Cutts-Watson Consulting. Ollie, Malcolm, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much, Richard. Good as always to talk to you. Yeah, uh, and me too. And uh, I hope you're enjoying your holiday at the moment, Richard. Well, yes, I've, it's kind of a holiday. You've interrupted it somewhat uh, down in Cape Town and uh, you definitely caught me on the hop. So if the sound quality isn't quite as good as usual, listeners, uh, the reason is that I'm in an apartment in uh, Cape Town without the usual gear. But I think our our listeners should be fairly familiar with the both of you having appeared on several Global Captive podcast episodes since our launch in 2019. In fact, Ollie and Malcolm were co-hosts of episode four and five, respectively. So very much friends of the pod from the very beginning. And I am, I think, ashamed to say that even though I do know both of you pretty well and speak to you regularly, this news of the merger, which we'll come on to, came somewhat out of the blue when Ollie gave me a call just before Christmas, I think, Ollie, we you gave me a heads up about this. So I guess proof that I can keep uh, a secret, um, which is good for good people to know. Um, but congratulations on this merger between Risks and Cuts Watson Consulting. I guess, Ollie, the first question is, uh, is there a new name for this entity? Yes. Um, thank you, Richard. We're very excited and uh, thrilled that we're bringing the two businesses together. Uh, the new name for the combined entity will be Risks CWC. Now, this recognises that our two well-known global brands are coming together to build on our individual successes over the recent years, creating a leading independent voice in the world of captives and ART. Um, the way that we're going to be running the business going forward is that uh, I will uh, be the chief exec, uh, continuing to be responsible for the day-to-day -day operational management and business development for the organisation. Uh, and Malcolm has very kindly agreed to uh, step in as the non-exec chair, um, bringing the wealth of his knowledge and experience uh, and all of his contacts to the organisation. Fantastic. So, um, Malcolm, when and how then did this conversation start and, and why did it seem like a, a potentially good fit to kind of uh, partner up, team up, uh, merge with risks? I initiated it. I suppose, you know, I was I was looking at the future for Cutswats and Consulting and whilst we had a very sustainable business. I, I was always, always conscious of the um, resilience of a relatively small business and also very keen to keep the growth going. And, and, and there's a limit you, to what you can do that as a smaller business. So I was looking at sort of strategic uh, alliances going forward. And to be honest, the, the idea of going back into the corporate world and finding uh, a, a corporate to buy the business really didn't appeal. So I was really looking for uh, someone or, or something that had a similar sort of culture, uh, a similar view on life. Um, and also someone I could enjoy working with. So sort of looking around, you know, Ollie and, and, and his business, Risk, really was an obvious choice. Um, we'd worked together in the past quite closely on, on Lab One. We spent a lot of time developing that as a, as a domicile, and we'd certainly come across each other numerous times. So, you know, I was very familiar with Oliver and his people, and I think Oliver knew me and, and our people. So it seemed a really logical um, combination. So I reached out to him really, and, and just 
raised the the opportunity for us to, to sort of merge the two businesses. And to me, what what's really attractive is we retain the independence, which I think is a key sort of proposition of, of the new business. You know, we have the similar values in terms of, of, of how we operate, in terms of providing objective advice. We've got more bench strength now, and, and we've got a larger global footprint. And really, the capabilities that we now boast of the two businesses together is, is quite impressive. And, and so, Ollie, how about, Malcolm said there that he initiated the conversation. How, how was it received? Um, well, it was received very positively because here at Risks, we have a desire to grow. We have a desire to build on the strategic hires that we made uh, in France, in South Africa, and the Cayman Islands, in Jersey uh, during the course of 2022. And so being able to bring, to team up with Malcolm uh, and his uh, colleagues at Cuts Watson Consulting is a logical step forward. If you think of the, the complementary skills and solutions that we have, um, as well as certain different skills and solutions that we have, bringing those together in one uh, into one entity enables Risk CWC to offer our combined skills and solutions across a much broader platform for our clients. So when Malcolm rang me um, last year, late last year, and said, "Look, should we have some exploratory conversations as to how this could fit?" Um, I was immediately uh, intrigued and then excited. Uh, about the possibility of merging the two companies. As he says, we've, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, we share the same values when it comes to independence um, and delivering solutions to all of our clients around the world. And I know most of his team too. They're a good bunch. And we're very much looking forward to the, uh, the opportunities of working together uh, across the global platform. So, um, Malcolm, just to rewind a little bit, I guess, you, you launched Cuts Watson Consulting in, in 2015. Are you surprised in terms of where it's grown to from that point to be in this position? What, did you have specific ambitions when you got started? <laughs> well, it, it was the classic um, sort of progression, isn't it, of a, of a practitioner retiring from the corporate world and, and setting themselves up as an independent consultant. So I don't think I was breaking new ground there. But I suppose I thought I probably had a shelf life of something like three to five years. And by that time, my, my knowledge would be out of date and my network probably would have sort of started falling apart. But um, in fact, the, the, the opposite has happened and, and, and the business has actually thrived you know what what we found is that you know the principles behind the consulting advice be it for captives or be it for commercial vehicles still remains valid there's a premium on experience this is my fourth hard market Ollie, when we were chatting, thought I started in the business in the 70s, which I, I don't know whether he was being deliberately cruel or just uh, <laughs> winding me up. But, but I actually started in the, um, the early 80s. So we went straight into the really hard market of the mid 80s, the li liability crisis. And now we've obviously been through a number of hard markets since then. So that experience is still valued. Um, and maybe for some of the the newer entrants into the business, um, you know, that they like to draw upon that that knowledge. In terms of keeping up to date, it's been it's been relatively easy. I mean, no longer having a particular captive management badge on me meant that you know a lot more people were willing to talk to me, and and people have been very open in terms of sharing what they're doing, new technologies, you know, new ideas. So that's that's kept me up to speed, and also sort of going to the conferences, and and I do a fair bit of thought leadership in terms of promoting various ideas. So again, that that gets you into a dialogue, so you stay very relevant with what's happening. 
And then finally, you know, the point that Ollie was making really about the need for independent objective advice. You know, more and more we're seeing our clients come to us uh, either straight away to to get an opinion or maybe um, they've received an opinion somewhere else and they just want to bounce it off us just to, to check that, you know, we think it makes sense. So, you know, all of that has meant really the business has kept going and not died as I thought it would, but really there was a need to move on to the next chapter and, and, and you know, linking up with Ollie really, really opens that next chapter. So in terms of that next chapter then, Ollie, uh, can you just give us a bit of a information or profile in terms of the size of the company now? Kind of what are you going from separately to you are now collectively? Sure. The combined entity will basically be double the size in terms of the number of people we have working under the RISCs CWC umbrella. Uh, and that in itself is a very exciting proposition. You know, we, we do serve clients all over the world. And uh, we do like to be able to bring a variety of different people to work on those projects, playing to the strengths that those individuals have. Clearly, being able to draw from a pool that is twice the size of it, as it was is going to be of huge benefit to our clients um, all over the world. Um, from a geographic point of view, we didn't actually have an operation in Guernsey. So obviously Malcolm's team bring that to add to our other hubs. But the consummation of the merger, we will be operating out of six hubs all over the world. The ambition doesn't stop there as far as growing that. Um, and we'll be very much looking to increase the size further uh, as we get into 23, 24. Okay, good. So I think you've both touched on a little bit in terms of kind of the previous profiles of, of both companies. What are the key focuses for Risk CWC then? What are, what are the areas, Ollie, that you feel you're, you're best suited to focus on as a combined entity? So Risk CWC will continue to deliver independent, captive and ART consultancy to our clients across the world. Um, as you know, we already serve clients in Europe, in Asia, Africa, North and Latin America and the Middle East. And we will certainly continue to seek new business opportunities in these regions. The core services will continue to be captive consulting, uh, including captive feasibility, establishment, advisory, health checks. It'll be alternative risk transfer consulting, uh, including developing captive ART structures. And obviously to that will be added the specific solutions that CWC brings to the combined platform, uh, which Malcolm, um, I know, will be able to opine on. Oh, thanks. That's a nice segue, isn't it, Ollie? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you're right. You know, in terms of the general advice that we'll provide, be it in terms of you know viability or feasibility studies, and then going on to health checks uh, and strategic reviews. So the, the sort of cradle-to-grave service that we already provide. But the areas that, that, that I'm interested in, I suppose, are on the governance side. And, you know, we're seeing an increasing demand for people to, to approach us, really, to help them create the policies and procedures and the risk management framework they need for their particular business. And, you know, the captive managers have a very good... Um, template, but sometimes the captive or the alternative uh, vehicle may need something a little more customized. And, and, and that's where we think we can add real value. You know, increasingly, we're being asked to do quality assurance reviews, really, just to make sure that the governance uh, and compliance framework is, is, is appropriate and is working. And so the board, you know, the board can receive satisfaction that those functions are 
performing properly. And then the other area which I'm really excited about, and we have a a business consultant uh, on the team, Uh, we're doing uh, an increasing number of boardroom reviews. Uh, And this is not a requirement, but increasingly, I think uh, captive boards are looking to adopt best practice, and they're looking for an external advisor to help them evaluate how the how the board's performing. Uh, And what I like about our offering is 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 that we look at the outputs, the actual uh, deliverables, rather than the inputs, which most other consultants just look at you know what skill set people have. They don't actually look at the dynamics of the decision making and what the outcome. Of the decision making is and that's something we i think we can help the board sort of you know move from good to great and i think that's a very refreshing uh, additional service that the combined entity can bring and in addition to that uh, as malcolm referenced earlier uh, both he and i have been working very closely with the lab one uh, financial services authority and the lab one international insurance association to help them develop and build their proposition for captives and sell captives. And that's a service that we would like to continue to be able to offer and broaden out to other domiciles uh, as they uh, as they require. I think certainly the fledgling domiciles are particular areas that we would like to, uh, to get involved in going forward as well. That's an excellent point, um, Ollie, because I think, you know, we've seen in the past um, jurisdictions that have decided they want to have a captive proposition. And they've gone out and hired these um, very expensive, very glossy uh, consulting firms. But actually, what they've missed is the real hands-on, pragmatic uh, advice and guidance, which you know practitioners like ourselves can give. So you can create the you know what on paper looks to be the perfect regulatory framework, but you really need to understand how it's going to work in practice. Uh, to make it a success, and and increasingly, I see you know interest in Europe uh, of all you know of countries looking to become captive jurisdictions, plus elsewhere. And I think there's real value we can add in terms of not just giving them the regulatory uh, sort of written framework, but actually giving them a manual of how it works in practice. Yeah, the practical advice, the uh, the work that you and I have done um, for decades. Um, as well as the rest of our consultants. And if you look at the people that we have on board in the combined entity, we have people who've been involved in the regulatory activity of domiciles, we have people who've been involved in coaching and guiding regulators, um, as well as people who've been heavily involved in working with the business development uh, teams of different jurisdictions. So we have uh, we have that sort of fairly unique blend of skill sets that we can bring. So one element you've both uh, mentioned is is kind of the independence that you both have and the, and the new entity, Risk CWC, certainly has. We've spoken before, both both of you and myself separately have spoken before about kind of the, the real lack of independent consultants, particularly in the UK and, and European area. And, you know, I think you both know that when people come to me who are looking for uh, advice or guidance, and often they do specifically request it is an independent, there's, you know, you're both on the list. Um, uh, certainly you were both on the list previously and you're now both on the list combined together. That list has got smaller though, because you're now together. Um, SRS have obviously uh, brought a bit more independence to the European market as well. But um, in terms of the ambitions of, of how big this can go, Ollie, uh, do you see that that, that independence is going to kind of be a, a driver of that? Because it, it does seem that there is a demand for it. Yes, absolutely. As a combined entity, risks CWC um, ambitions have no limits. 
uh, we are very much driven by serving our clients and we will continue to have the desire to build a leading global captive and ART consultancy to be the place for people with an independent mindset to come and work. Malcolm touched earlier on um, not wanting to get back into a big corporate world and all of the, the additional pressures and challenges that that brings. We want to remain independent because we can be much more flexible and nimble when it comes to be able to provide our solutions. And, you know, from our perspective, this combination enables us to collectively broaden our offer, uh, increase our footprint, strengthen our team, and crucially, it enables us to continue to be domicile, underwriter and broker agnostic, ensuring that we remain truly independent in our approach, in our thoughts and the delivery of our solutions. Long term, I think what we'd really like to see is a group of organisations that are globally independent because we all have different skill sets and knowledge to bring. And if you look at the model that uh, is currently being deployed by the independents, they are very much fiercely protective of that independence um, because it enables them and us to bring uh, the, the very best advice with no limits as far as our imagination and thinking is concerned uh, that potentially could be seen within organisations that are not uh, totally independent. I mean, it's a really interesting question, Richard, because it sort of goes to buyer's behaviour. I mean, um, you know, if you look in the US, for example, there are a much larger number of independents um, than there are in Europe, you know. And just an example, I mean, when I, when I came to Guernsey in the 90s, there were 28 captive managers. Um, there's now nine, I think. So the choice is, certainly in Europe, the choice has diminished. But I, I think, you know, the buyer's behavior maybe is changing. And whereas in the past, they may have been looking for a, a one-stop shop, getting all their services from one sort of global player. I think maybe there's there's a little more discernment now in, in the procurement process. And if the risk manager is actively involved in that that sort of appointment decision, then I think you know they, they will be more inclined to go with an independent because they can see the, the value they bring um, rather than just going with you know the, the, the default choice, which is the, um, the global broking house. I think what's interesting, Malcolm, is, and you've both touched on it, is there's obviously, well, there's, there's obviously a role for, for very much both, right? And particularly as you guys don't do the captive management, the day to day captive management, you're kind of strictly captive consultants, which I think adds to the independence not being a captive manager. It's not just about being broker owned or aligned with another type of service provider. I think not doing captive management is another very important element of independence. And you, I think Ollie touched on before, you know, being used uh, to kind of do, uh, you know, I don't know if it's sense check is the correct word, but kind of auditing of other work to give another independent edge to work perhaps done by someone else. I think it's really important and healthy for the whole market that we do have a combination of service providers, whether it's broker-owned captive managers, independent captive managers, or independent captive consultants such as yourself, because I think buyers want choice. And uh, hopefully with, with this merger, the, the, the choice of risks or the choice of CWC is now a, a much more powerful 
choice um, and one that you're able to respond you know, to a growing list of clients, I expect, Ollie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the buyers do want choice. And um, from all the years that I spent uh, working as a reinsurance broker, um, particularly for a firm that was very um, acquisitive, the comment that always came to us was, are you not limiting the choice by buying or combining with another firm? And my response then is the same as my response now, which is actually we are enhancing the offering by bringing more solutions, more skills, more people to be able to serve our clients in a, in a greater way. Now, as far as the client choice is concerned, um, we, we work with organizations that are uh, Fortune 50. Um, we also work with organizations that have um, five or six employees. So. You know, we're not we're not phased or worried about the size or the scope of the, uh, of the of the client. What we're interested in doing is providing a different view, an alternative way of being able to structure the solutions that are unencumbered by uh, any relationships that there might be with the broker, the underwriter, the captain manager, the domicile, etc. Um, you talked about captain management. We, we have no desire to be in captain management because what we want to be able to do and to, in, and to be able to confirm to our clients is that we are only driven by the client's needs, not by the specific uh, solutions that we might have as branded in-house solutions from capture management or broking structures, etc. And, and, and to us, that is, that is sacrosanct and that's not going to change. So to finish then, um, in terms of the, the kind of the pipeline for, for new business, what's the kind of range and, and types of projects you've got working on? Because when I talk to you guys, you know, as you say there, Ollie, everything from the very largest companies, kind of traditional pure captives to MGAs setting up captives, which we see a lot about at, uh, at the moment, group and mutual type structures. So, you know, it sounds like you, you needed the extra cavalry uh, to meet all of that demand. <laughs> um, yes, it's very nice to know that we've uh, we've got them. Um, and the global pipeline for our core solutions is very healthy, um, as you'd expect in this continuing uh, prolonged hard market. Um, so we are working on a number of feasibility studies, health checks, uh, ART um, solution structuring and so on. But in addition, we are, as you mentioned, we are seeing a focus on MGAs looking to establish vehicles to enable them to participate in the successful underwriting of that particular MGA. Um, so last year, we established vehicles in Bermuda um, for a Latin American MGA um, for, for two different MGAs. And this year, we're already working on three vehicles in Guernsey uh, for MGAs from the UK and Australia. Um, and obviously having Malcolm and his team on the ground in Guernsey uh, is going to be wonderful as they will be able to get heavily involved in the day-to-day -day discussions face-to-face -face with, uh, with the chosen managers um, and uh, regulator as needed. We do see this as being a particular theme for 2023. Uh, where MGAs are looking to take a slice of the action. It's driven by various different things. We have one that we're looking at from uh, continental Europe at the moment, where they've had quite a good loss record over the last 10 years, but the last two years have been horrific. So to be able to demonstrate to the insurers that they are serious about improving the performance of the program, that particular MGA is setting up its own vehicle to quote a share or to co-insure 10% uh, of the whole program. 
um, but they need a vehicle to be able to house that. We're also seeing an increasing interest from independent national brokers in various territories where they're looking to establish their own producer-owned reinsurance companies, so the, the old pork model, as they look to consolidate their business to present a more robust portfolio to the primary insurers and reinsurers. Um, and I think we will see an increased number of people, uh, organisations looking to establish those vehicles as well. And I think, Richard, you know, if you if you read the papers every day now, you know, all you hear about is the crisis in healthcare and social care. And you know, I've been involved in 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 some of those issues, and and certainly we've developed a financing product for um, funding of of long-term residential care. Um, so we are in conversations with a number of governments at the moment about how we can apply captive technology to some of the challenges they have in the, the health care and the social care field. And I think this is really exciting because, you know, not, not only is, is it sort of mentally stimulating for us, but, you know, the output could be incredibly valuable to the communities that those governments are representing. So we can make a real impact. And it, 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 I think it will be in the near future a great case study of how captive technology can really help with some of these real challenging issues at the moment. Fantastic. Well, uh, we'll leave it there, guys, Oliver and Malcolm. But yeah, thank you so much for obviously talking us through this uh, merger. It's incredibly exciting news, uh, particularly for us kind of in the UK and Guernsey. But as we've discussed, it's very much a worldwide operation good luck with your future endeavors and uh, see you next time captives yeah see you soon then richard see you soon thanks richard <laughs>